1: with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. From Shakespeare to Schwartz, from Fosse to Alvin Ellie, from Sondheim to Borelis, from McNally to Faye. it happened to the greats, it still happens every day. When lightning strikes, it's the moment you know. When lightning strikes, where you're meant to go. You can stand I'm and shout your ring?
0: Hi, this is Gerald Brunner, and you're listening to When Lightning Strikes, where we talk about the tingly mic drop moments that led you to becoming an artist. Martina Mayo was recently nominated for a Tony Award for her riveting, profound, and funny play, Cost of Living. The play delves into the lengths we go to care for others and what it means to fight for ourselves. Presented by Manhattan Theatre Club, Cost of Living was nominated for five Tony Awards and has already won a 2018 Pulitzer Prize for Drama. Her work, which also includes the plays Sanctuary City, Queens, and Ironbound, has been performed in theaters around the world. Martina is currently working on a musical adaptation of The Great Gatsby with music by Florence Welsh and Thomas Bartlett. Welcome! Well, oh, thank you so much. I'm already crying. <laughs> <laughs> it really thank is... you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you. It's really... well. There's so much for me to cry about, too. This play, Cost of Living and All Your Work, is, is so beautiful and comes from such a genuine, unique um, place that's unlike any other plays that I've seen. The way the characters are so human and fragile. And it's it's really quite beautiful.
1: Thank you I do so much. That I means the world, it really does, thank you.
0: So can you bring me to where you were when you got word that uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> at the Tony Awards?
1: <laughs>
0: uh, i have I
1: have a gift for messing up like a momentous nominating uh, news days, uh, not just from the the, the poster uh, um, announcement on the t- the for the Tonys, i I went to my best friend's um apartment, um my friend Caitlin Sullivan, who um worked on Sanctuary City, but for the remount the second time. And um, I, I knew I wanted to be with, like, one of my closest people for to cry whichever way it went, you know, <laughs> whether for good or for, for not so good for me. Uh, and um, I understood that it was going to be 9 o'clock <laughs> that these nominations were released. Uh, so, you know, I get there. I get to her apartment. It's like 830. We're just sort of, you know, shooting the shit, catching up. Uh, and I was like, oh, I should probably set up the computer. It's like 845 um, to watch the live stream. And, uh, when I pick up my phone, I saw I had like 15 texts and I was like, what's happening. And apparently, um, they had on CBS. They'd announced like the, the, the five major categories, including best play. And so I was like, I missed it. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I ended up there's a there's a video of me running around uh, my friend's apartment that she took kind of candidly of like, I can't believe it! I can't believe it! I was <laughs> I, I wanted to like uh, just see it and it'd be. But so anyway, I actually kind of worked out the best way. Like it was just a total surprise <laughs> based on time. And uh, you know, I call after I watched the live stream then and was so thrilled to find out that David and Kara and Katie and Joe were also nominated and I facetime with all of them. It was like, it was a wonderful, it was a really wonderful day. And then I went into the studio to work back with Florence. So, you know, wonderful, wonderful moment.
0: That's so and beautiful. Day. I remember you telling me how when you found out you won the Pulitzer, <laughs> that you were actually kind of angry at <laughs> you because you thought it was a joke. <laughs> yeah did you I
1: didn't know it was happening either like so my agent called me I was I was supposed to be a jury duty and I wasn't chosen I came home I was about to doing my taxes and like around three o'clock in the afternoon my agent called me telling me that I'd won the poll too. and I was so angry because I thought he was it was April so I was like this is an April Fool's joke This is unkind. you know how much this means to me and I couldn't find information about it because it was live stream so I was googling obviously and again my agent again was the one who <laughs> the first one who called me who's like you're Tony in the He's like, Do, will you believe me now?
0: <laughs> it was great. Did you believe the your agent?
1: This time I did believe this time. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> he sent me actually. He he um he sent me a photo so that I would believe. He <laughs> was like, he was like, just before I tell you, you should check your look at your text and see the photo. <laughs> he he knows me to be known as to be loved.
0: <laughs> and what's so beautiful is that. The show was, it, it closed and yet it was still remembered, you know, oh my God, all these months so later.
1: Yeah, that, that was a fear that people would just, you know, one of the first shows up in the Broadway season and had a had a relatively short run. And it just, I mean, truly meant the world that people remembered it and, and kept it in their hearts to, to nominate it. It was so much.
0: Well, it speaks volumes about the play. I wanted to quote what Maya Phillips wrote in the New York Times about cost of living, that the play is a work that really breaks your heart, drags you through hurt, then kisses you on the forehead, sending you off with a laugh. This play left me breathless. And I'm not just using a manner of speech. We give nearly two hours of attention and great theater offers us Empathy and humanity in return, riches of which even the world's wealthiest can only dream.
1: Yeah, I like a raw nerve. <laughs> to read that, I'm just weeping. For people- I just like can't. I can't believe this time. <laughs> it's so incredible to. I wrote this play when I didn't have a home. Yeah. I didn't have a place to live, and <laughs> I just you read that, and I'm like, wow
0: yeah do you mind sharing yeah. what yeah, what inspired the play because it's such a beautiful story of you you know of, of being in such a place of pain, right that you had somebody in your family pass away and you couldn't go to the funeral yeah. and you were yeah, so poor. It was a, yeah yeah. Yes.
1: yeah it was a really uh, it was a really difficult year it was my first year in New York. Um, I was hopping from sublet to sublet. I had 13 apartments my first year in the city because I couldn't afford security deposit. My second apartment had bed bugs. It was just, um, I got you know, hazed by the city um, while trying to start, a, uh, just get on my feet and start a career as a playwright. Um, and at the same time, my, my father figure passed away um, suddenly in Poland Uh, And I didn't have the money to attend his funeral. I also was, I think, afraid to go, afraid to acknowledge that it was real, that he was gone. Uh, And uh, one night I was, I had been fired from a bartending job. (laughs) I was working. I was, uh, it was a bullsardee, January. uh, And um, they thought I stole $100, which I didn't, but I wish I did because I still got fired. Um, And so I was like a Saturday night. I went home. It was the first night in a long time that I didn't have a thing I had to do to just try to get on my feet. And I, I sat at this, you know, this table, this sublet of a home that wasn't mine, that was temporary. And the the voice of Eddie Torres came to me and sort of that, that monologue just came out that night of somebody who was very alone, who was hoping for some kind of a miracle, um, to, to make his grief have meaning, I think, and, and um, a lot of the characters are composites of people I knew growing up, or aspects of myself, and and um, I always feel like writing, getting to write plays, is, and and seeing them come to life is a feels like an act of resurrecting ghosts, mm. and so it's, I think this is why it's so meaningful to me. It's like a chance for me to be with aspects of people's souls that I you know, that I can't be with anymore. So
0: oh, that's so that beautiful. was the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And for people who might not know, um, there are four characters whose lives ultimately intertwine in myriad ways, or some of them intertwine. Um, and how would you describe the play? If somebody said, if somebody yeah. were to ask, what's the cost of living about?
1: Right. I'd say it's about two couples that are, um, of cosmically circling each other um, they're mostly strangers uh, throughout the majority of the, 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 the play um, both couples are dealing with aspects of care and class um, one couple is um, Eddie and Annie Eddie's an unemployed truck driver um, who's been married to Annie for 20 almost one years and she uh, um, is in, in a car accident which leads leaves her um, uh, uh, quadriplegic and um, she, Eddie becomes her her temporary caregiver, and the other uh, well, also they are in the process of separating. Um, so they come back together uh, for a, for a finite time to, to for him to care for her, um, and um, and he's got you know ulterior motives for doing that. <laughs> yes. uh, and um, the other couple is John and Jess, and John is a PhD graduate student. At Princeton, um, who has cerebral palsy, and he hires Jess, who's a recent graduate, uh, first-generation immigrant, working-class uh, woman, who uh, to to be his his um, care his uh, personal caregiver um, or personal caretaker for for uh, you know part time, uh, and Jess is uh, dealing with a lot of uh, economic precarity, um, and you know we learn some of her some of her secrets throughout, throughout the play, and at the end these the two of the people in these, in these couples meet, um, but they've sort of been circling each other um, the, uh, for, 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 like, I'd say, you know, co- cosmically, like there's some, there's some connection that, that, um, that they have with, with one another. And um, it's really about, I think, a specific, this very specific kind of American loneliness yes. that is, uh, that has to do with um, this idea that, oh, we're all individuals and we should take care of ourselves, but actually we need people desperately um, for so many things, meaning for our lives, the care, you know, safety. Um, uh, and um, I, I drew from my experiences as a caregiver. I used to work with two men with disabilities when I was working in Chicago. Um, so, I, so I drew from a bit of that as well as, um, you know, that year of of a lot of instability, financial instability and um, uh, health, health scares, all these things that um, make living in America especially really, uh, you're you're sometimes on very shaky ground in this, in in this, um, in this country, uh, whether that's actual, um, uh, just the finances and, and the way to, to organize your life within its systems, as well as the mentality of like, you know, just, just suck it up and move forward and take care of yourself, um, uh, and, and prove that you're worthy of. Um, staying alive, I think. For that's a, that's a that's a terrifying thing for me about the American healthcare system. Is you have to kind of earn your right to stay alive and healthy, uh, and um, that's what I think some of the characters are dealing with as well. Yeah, and like
0: and I swear it's funny. I swear it's funny. It sounds so like. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's uh, the frailties of these people and and and, and how they lead each other, and at the same time, it's like they're hysterical and they're. They're badass and they're tough. <laughs> sometimes, I mean, especially Ali is so badass, and she can. And uh, and at the same time, you know what's going, what's happening beneath the surface is just so rich and heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. At the time, at the same time, with all of them, and I think of, you know, their external selves and then the internal selves. You know, that's going on. Mm. is so profound too all mm-hmm. at the same time you. You're welcome. Uh, i'd love to ask oh well when what do how do you think is it possible to put into words how this experience of you writing the play and then having to you put it on in several iterations off-Broadway. It was at Williamstown first, Mm -hmm. right? Then off-Broadway at the Manhattan Theater Club and now on-Broadway. How has the play changed you?
1: Oh, God, it changed me. (laughs) That's (laughs) about how the play
0: changed.
1: (laughs) Uh, Oh, my gosh. I I feel like our plays are smarter than we are Ah. when we are writing them. Uh, There's some reason why we do this why, as writers, we engage in this crazy act that is sitting with our demons and trying to mine them for some answer or even just some question, some like more art, some articulated question that is living within us that, for whatever reason, we can't look at or listen to without going through the process of make making art, um, stepping outside ourselves a little bit, and trying to make something that feels generous for other people. Um, that tries to endeavors to, to unearth and communicate. Uh, and, and um, I, I, you know, I write to find out why I'm, why I need to write. And the process of that, that play was, um, I think, I, I think it was, it was a an understanding of just how much we, we, we need each other and to, and, and how, um, uh, how meaningful these relationships are, as complicated as they are that nobody can, uh, I think nobody can be everything to you, but there's these there's these connections that you have that are so. Um, uh, when you have a connection with them, it's so it's so it's so rare. It's, and everyone is, um, everyone is. Uh, I think with the two, a lot of, especially two or three three uh, main characters that are working class. They actually all of them, actually all these characters have lived in a world um, where their safety is not guaranteed. Uh, and, and yet they still engage in the act of hope that in connecting with another human being, maybe it'll be better. And I think that that was the the play maybe is is teaching me to, to be brave with people, Mm -hmm. to be brave in relationships that, um, we will get hurt (laughs) and we have been hurt. but that it is worth it to to engage in the act of reaching for another, for another human in the hope of connecting and filling out our souls a little bit more. Uh, that's, that's, I think what's, what I've, it's taken a long time I think for me to even be able to articulate something like that because I started writing in 2014 and, you know, 2016 was the first production at Williamstown, 2017 was Manhattan theater club and, and, um, and I've, you know, every once in a while, I pop into certain productions of the play, and Katie, especially, especially has done five productions of the play, Gosh. and I'm finding new things each time. I did rewrites for the Broadway um, show uh, uh, to sort of, to other opportunities to deepen. I feel like there's there's always something to discover, and it was like I didn't do huge rewrites, but it felt like a big, it felt like a big deal to to answer certain questions. I think I still had about the play and the characters. Um, uh, so I, I've I've loved kind of not changing the the DNA and the bones of it, but just seeing what opportunities there exist for deepening uh, amidst, amidst this, this story that is still very much speaking to me. And I think it especially spoke to to me after the pandemic. I mean, or, you yeah. know, during the pandemic, if we, you know, we're still sort of in it, um, of, of people who feel isolated, who feel alone, who need each other, who are dealing with the very, um, the, the reality of the breakabilities of our bodies uh, and and um, it, it it was really it was really moving to be in that to be in that audience and feel like I, you know I'd written it from a from a place of grief. and I think that now we have all communed with grief in a really intense way over the past in one way or another over the past yeah. few years. And so there felt like there was this collective, I was there was there was a there was a there was a, community, there was a sharing in in something that we all in in a, in a sensation in in a in, in in this grief uh loss this change transition whatever that we experienced that that kind of felt like we were we were all being held a little bit by by the play it was it was really meaningful
0: i love how fluid it it was that you were able to go back to it you know for mm-hmm. the broadway and and make changes and yeah, you know, that it's it's a process and shifting to um the Great Gatsby, are you allowed to talk about <laughs> your I can writing? say something <laughs> I can say something, I can say a few things. What can you tell us about
1: <laughs> I can tell working? you I'm thrilled. <laughs> I can say the music is extraordinary. It's been such a I, it's just such a amazing experience to be able I mean, I, writing is so lonely. And yes. so it's so nice to be able to have a partner, to have these partners to, to work on, to work oh, on a dreams. story that's really, that's, 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 that's it means a lot to, to me in, in my life, especially right now. Um, the novel came in, back into my life at a, at a, it came right in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a story that's set four years after the end of a world war and four years after a pandemic that collectively killed a third of the world's population. And so when I read, when I read it and had that context, I was like, I understand the gym. I get the parties. I get this sort of feral hunger that lives underneath all these characters for something more. It's like something more in their lives. Um, and that, and that it feels so American. I think I, I think I never felt more American than when I reread the great Gatsby and felt this intense connection to that mentality of like, well, maybe something it's a, it's a beautiful duality that we have of, um, this this American dream, which in itself is like a really extraordinary concept that we could have more that seems to be better, that we could, uh, why not demand greater and better, but that on the other side, we've, we've often, in pursuit of that, done a lot of damage, uh, uh, a lot of destruction to ourselves and to other people, to look uh, um, at the history of this country in order to achieve those sorts of things, and uh, to, to, to achieve these heights that we've imagined, but like the dream is beautiful, but it's also a brutal thing. And so I love that there's, um, there's this fantastic F. Scott Fitzgerald quote that that, that goes, um, the test of a first rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposing ideas in the brain and still retain the ability to function. One must understand that things are hopeless and yet still be determined to make it otherwise. And I thereabouts and something like that, but I find that I love that, that duality. That like mm-hmm. it's hopeless, but we must be determined to make it otherwise. Mm-hmm. An awareness and yet a hope. Um, and so yes. I, I think a lot of that is in the, is in my adaptation. There's a, there's a, there's definitely like a, a feral hunger that permeates these, these characters. Um, I'm looking at. Uh, I mean, I've expanded uh, some, some backstories for, for the, for the characters and um, especially feel connected to the um, characters of Myrtle and Wilson, the two working class characters um, that, that I that like they're, they're, they hold a special place in my heart. And so, yeah, I mean, it's very much, it's, 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 a, it's our, one of our greatest stories about class that we have. And so, it's uh, while also being in this container of majesty and glamour and, uh, like the, it's a, it's a it's a different way in um to a to a theme that I've been in conversation with for a long time in my writing. Yeah. So it's exciting.
0: oh, that's so thrilling because you're right. first of all, there is this insatiable hunger you know for the mm. American dream, and it's like it is like I love that duality quote that it is completely unattainable. and yet we try and it, we we hunger for it. we because we feel like failures if we yeah. can, if we don't try, or, you know, some of us do. And then I think about even like you, your characters in cost of living or sanctuary city, or Iron I mean, that they're all, there's that, what's going on the layers and layers of them. And I think of all those characters in the great Gatsby, you know, what's really, ha- and that lo- that sense of loneliness and wanting to be part of the party and to be mm-hmm. in, in the heart of it, in the, in the deal of it all and yet wanting so deeply deeply to be loved yeah you know, it's
1: so rich it's oh. such a rich and it leaves you so much you know it's, it's amazing it's 198 pages like you know my my copyright yeah. 198 pages and it leaves you so much room to fill to like fill out these these people in your imagination it's so evocative it's so rich, but it's such this this like beautiful economic poem. Yeah. I think it just like my heart swells when I read some of the language, and it's just so. Be- some I I've I've read so many, I've read so many, so many things in the past few uh, few years of working on it, and I I, I remember somebody had said um, that the writing in the book is the way that Americans, not that Americans are, but that Americans wish that they were. And that—that that is why we're so. It's just such a lush, beautiful, complicated language. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, and it's also ter- terrifying to adapt the great American novel that everyone loves into <laughs> into something that's you know, partly my own. So I hope I don't disappoint too many people.
0: <laughs> sure you will. And what has it been like working with Florence and Thomas?
1: Oh, they're joys. I love it. It's—it's yeah. it's wild. I yeah, it's thrilling. I'm, I'm having such a great time. I can't, uh, you know, I can't wait to, it's, it's my favorite thing to just, to be in the studio with them and, um, and then to, to do, to do workshops with them and actors and, and, and build this, build something that we all, we all want to make the same thing. And so it's so, it's so exciting to to feel like there's, there's, you know, there's three brains, there's four brains with Rachel's and five with the dramaturg Like all these all these brains and hearts and souls that are committed to making uh, this like this this truest most full version of a thing that we're all that that we're all excited to make together, and I've loved it. I've had such a great time.
0: How are you preparing for the Tonys that are oh very God. soon? There in a week. I mean, I don't. I actually, so I don't have a dress yet, which is a little
1: bit. <laughs> you know, uh, working on it, <laughs> but I. Uh, it's been a it's been a very 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 busy few past few months and a lot of it has been um, Gatsby a lot of it has been uh, another musical that I'm working on as well as um, two films uh, very working kind of back to back very uh, very involved very very long days very busy processes and this is the first week that I don't have I don't have things that you know I, that are demanding that I work that I that I need to be in a specific place at a specific time. And um, it's it, it's I'm taking these next few days to soak in what has happened, to take in this incredible journey that the play has taken me on. And um, I I we did a we did a, a capture, an archival capture of the play and um, Saturday I I just decided to watch it again. And I, you know, sent Messages to everybody who was involved and just thank them for changing my life. So it's, just, it's, uh, it's been me a week of gratitude and trying to find a dress.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I'm glad you're spending the time to really enjoy and soak it in and, and savor the moment. And it's such a joy to talk to you always. And thank you so much for coming on. My Thank team. you for
1: having me. It's a joy to talk you. to
0: you. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Me too.
1: Thank you. you. To the, when dry, the,
0: you know. the theme song was written by Tom McGovern. This episode was edited by Kyle Moore. This episode was produced by Anna Stroud. When lightning